Did you know? You know, you know, no, I don't. Tell me. Well, guess what? What? I've, I've heard of this thing, Cameron. I've heard of this About? really cool thing. What is it? I think, um, it's this weird thing where a bunch of dumb idiots yell into a microphone for about a, a couple seconds. I think it's called the theme song. Santa Claus, he's got muscles in a V-neck and a shirt, sleeveless shirt. It's red and Santa-like, but he's got muscles and gloves. Got the gloves and the millionaire. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Santa Dog Millionaire. Santa Dog Millionaire, yes. Hello and welcome to the catastrophe section. My name is Aaron, and with me, as always, is Sled Dog Millionaire Cameron. S- yes, Sled Dog Millionaire Cameron. All right, this week is the holiday Christmas episode where we review Santa with muscles. The Hulk Hogan, I think. I don't. Was this directive, uh, directive VHS, directive video? Because it sure as shit looks like it. Um, it was in cinemas for two weeks and then really? released on video. Yeah, because this is the cheapest looking movie. Like it looks like you know the mall where they like um where he finds the Santa suit and everything. That's di- yes. It looks like the director used to work there and he called in a favor. Like, hey man, can you just look like let like Hulk Hogan and a few of my buddies in? to film a scene you can meet hulk hogan like everything feels so cheap especially the like the set of the orphanage there's no like production design or anything in the background it's just like what do orphans sleep on there's a chair in the corner like it's it's so lazy They have like a blanket that's like a little bit ruffled to be like that looks like a child's laid in that yeah, that looks like an orphanage would have that because they're poor and orphany. And it starts with a kid's voiceover, doesn't it? Oh my god, it's like it so it the the voiceover's supposed to be like this little girl is like I'm writing a letter to Santa to come and save the orphanage. It's like, "Dear Santa, there's a bad man that lives on the hill. His name is insert bad guy name here. He doesn't like us and he wants us to move out of the orphanage." Like that's it. And and then it goes to uh Blake Thorne who is Hulk Hogan's character. Um, ruffling around behind in the bushes behind his super mansion and then fighting his staff for no reason. Well, I think it's because he wants to stay like physically and mentally prepared. And he, he seems weirdly, I don't know. He seems like a motivational speaker, like, like George Lucas, like nobody's told him no in like 14 years. And he's like, like rule number 386, oh, diarrhea, diarrhea, have some. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, a lot of the thing like his when he's the the rich guy, his speech patterns are very like, my name is Blake Thorne. Let's go and do this. Hello. We're doing paintball. Like it's it's very. It's so forced and strange feeling his acting as the rich guy later when he's the um, when he's Santa. I mean, he's still the same guy, um, but he talks like a person more because he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking Santa and I punch bad guys. Hey, little girl, I'm Santa. What's up? Like, in, but then when he goes when he's rich, he's like, 
hello, Blake Thorne. My picture on the box is not big enough. Like it just, oh, he's so bad. He is. Uh, and his character is like, I don't want to say coerced, but he's like, I don't know who I am. And they're like, you're wearing a Santa suit. So you must oh, yeah, be Santa. He's shouted into being Santa Claus. So he's running from the police because the police literally exist. The police literally exist in one spot in this universe. In the universe of the film, there is one cop car um, that if you go speeding near that, that'll follow you. And then other cop cars appear. But other than that, cops don't exist. Like the bad guys just fucking run rampant. They, they, they explode things and they steal statues and they just fuck about and there's no repercussions for them at all until, uh, the end. And even then, not really. They're just like, Oh no, we're in a box now. Like, you know, what, you know what would have made this like a more interesting movie? Cause it's clear that like Blake has amassed a large fortune because he's like a bodybuilder on cereal. Yeah. And, he's like, uh, know, he's like, what, uh, what, what's the uh, name of the cereal again? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's like muscle Bla- flakes. Bla- Blakeos, roides, like yeah, uh, muscle jam flakes, some shit, who cares. Yeah. Um and that that's also how they recognize him later in the movie. But to yeah. sum up the plot of this movie, I I just think the IMDb plot summary is the best. An evil millionaire, Hulk Hogan, gets amnesia and then believes he is Santa Claus. It's it's very succinct and correct, except for the fact that he's not evil. I, I, I honestly, I don't think Blake isn't evil. He's just unpleasant and has very poor social skills. Like he's just, he's abrasive. He's just, he's not evil. If he was evil, he'd be like, I'm going to blow up the fucking orphanage myself. Like he'd be on the bad guy's team if he was evil. Yeah. And okay. So he's rich and what's the name of the scientist guy? Uh, something north, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't Um, write it down. So they're both rather rich, but yeah. Wouldn't it have been more interesting if they like use their wealth against one another? In a way, I mean, mean, like it is like it because they're both the bad guy and Hulk Hogan are both living in mansions and are against each other. So it's just like rich white guy versus rich white guy. Who's going to win? Like this is their pastime. These rich white guys just fight each other for fun over the will of an orphanage. And also child slavery happens, but we'll get to that. Um, oh, <laughs> I love, I, the, Oh, that is, a, I love that, that is like, it's so random. And it's just like, you're not, how are you going to get away with that again? Oh, we're just, we're going to do it. And, and the way that they, um, I thought that it was a setup where like, so both of them are, have kind of like that Saturday morning cartoon villain thing where they've got like henchmen, like Blake yeah. has, a a cor- like a fighting chef with a meat tenderizer and a gardener who knows Krav Maga and, and, uh, and, uh, and a, uh, Obviously, the Asian driver knows Kung Fu because (laughs) racist. Oh, God. When he goes into shot, they play super racist music like like, hey, look, guys, in case you didn't know he was Chinese or of Asian descent at all. He's doing karate and uh, super racist music is playing like, hey, guess what? He's Asian. Like, we got it, dude. You don't have to fucking. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. 
I wonder how many like drivers and cooks and like yard attendants he's gone through because like the level of skills that are required, like he must have killed at least like twelve people with like you gotta keep me on edge, brother. Yeah, he's gotta pay him, for yeah, he's but. gotta pay a lot in medical insurance because yeah, and- <laughs> if he kicks the shit out of them, at least. <laughs> Maybe even like once a week. They're not going to recover from that from next time because he's like throwing them off balconies and shit. Like they need that. That's you can't do that. He is not a small man either. He is not giving them love traps. He is shattering ribs and face bones and just they're fucked, man. Laying waste to their bodily organs. I, I can only imagine like the want ads back then in the nineties where it was like wanted chef with with <laughs> martial arts skills. Yeah, like in the paper, you're like, hmm, I've got both of those things. <laughs> wanted <laughs> cast I just and like the casting notice wanted Asian driver must know karate. Must oh, know fine. karate. Oh <laughs> fine. Yeah. Asian <laughs> Asian actors have had to know karate for so long. <laughs> I, did you, did you see the, Oh, you've seen master of none. It kind of makes me think of like the Indian actor uh, yeah. episode <laughs> where it's like, we can't have two of them. <laughs> yeah. We can't have two Indians. <laughs> of course not. That don't be ridiculous. We need a white guy. They don't like, they're not friends with each other. What kind of ridiculous thing is that? They can't like be roommates or coworkers. Yeah, that's, that's weird. <laughs> What is this? BET? Yeah, we can't have that. Oh, BET is a that is a fun pile of absurdity. Cause the way that they portray both uh black people and white peel people is the most stereotypical I've ever seen. Like BET is so bad. Like I I, I flipped to it once and there was like this show where it's like this these ba- these black basketball players are just being like yeah, man, we're talking about it. like they're doing like the fake cartoon black people voice, you know, and then this white guy shows up and his fucking pants are up to his goddamn belly button. He's like, hey, guys, can I be part of your game? Like, <laughs> it's so bad. Anyway, um, can we talk about the introduction of the bad guys? Because that is amazing. You mean how they dangle someone upside down to like, what's their plan with that? Is that um, they're OK, so. They're trying to get this guy to sell his, I think, shoe store. Doesn't matter. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't it like that awful 90s thing where it's like, we're going to do it so that we can build a parking lot? <laughs> well, no, it's it's to find the magic crystal gem cave under the orphanage or some shit. <laughs> well, and they're going to demolish the orphanage, right? Or No, they just wanted right? to get in that, that vault cave thing, I guess. I what don't I don't understand. Okay, um, this might be jumping too much into spoilers for this movie. Oh no, spoilers! Why? Do- okay, so the third act, the really unnecessary reveal that Hulk Hogan and like Blake and what's the name of the bad guy? Let me look it up. Like oh, I just, God, I, just I don't remember the main um, bad guy or his main henchman, the scientist or the doctor guy. Um, the doctor guy, Ebner Frost. No, that's the main bad guy. Oh, I mean, I mean him. So oh, okay, they're, yeah. they're like, 
Are they just brothers or are they like they were orphan orphans together at that orphanage? Okay, and apparently. So if he like if Frost knows that like he knows the like the orphanage from there and he's looking for the crystals why is he wasting his time torturing someone for a shoe store with like cartoony slapstick villains that drive around in like a truck or like what is it an ice cream truck I think it's a modified ice cream truck it sure looks like one yeah I don't know why he needs the other like in the plot, it's even saying like, "Hey, he's buying up all the all the stuff around the orphanage." We don't know why, but it, and then we figure out like he used to go to go to the orphanage, which means he already knows where the fucking vault is. Mm-hmm. So and what, you know, we all know that all ex orphans grow up to be multi millionaires. Oh yeah, all of them. It's like a it's like a seventy five percent millionaire rate. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to adopt that one. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. If they don't have parents, they get more money somehow. Yeah, yeah you know. The government <laughs> welfare myths. She'll probably get a bunch of money from the government. Uh, yeah, the, gov- the government. Okay, so the so they're the the bad guys going back to the introduction of the bad guys. They're um they're dangling this guy upside down for the shoe store. He's just in like, it looks like exer- exercise equipment to do like hand ring pull up stuff or some shit, but they just tie him upside down and he's like wearing a suit and shit. And then all the, uh, the main doctor guy comes out, which I don't give a shit what the name is. It doesn't matter. Um, he comes Rust. out and he, no, no, no. The doctor. Not oh, the, you mean, not uh, the main. Oh, oh, you mean the guy who convinces him that he is Santa? no, um uh his main henchman oh the, the scientist man yeah but he's like a doctor cuz he has a stethoscope i guess dr blight <laughs> dr blight okay yeah him yeah sure <laughs> yep that's oh, a name the cartoon names are amazing so so they bring out a tv for frost to t- to talk to the the store owner and he's and the store owner's talking back to the TV like that's how that works. Like the 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 TV's just like, or Frost from the TV is like, we're go- you better sell your shoe store. And he's like, I'm never gonna sell. Like he can't hear you, dude. It's a TV. I know it's the '90s, but they're not that new. Those those have been out. TV's been out for a while. I don't. You you can't. <laughs> oh. And- and this isn't like the like this isn't Goldfinger with like a laser to be like tell me what you know about my plan, Mister Bond. No, he's just like, hanging upside down. And they yeah. cut um, after they introduced the other three henchmen. They cut back to him, and they're just kind of like pushing him while he's upside down and like tickling him, <laughs> like playing monkey in the middle. Yeah, like yeah, hey, but he's hanging you. upside down. They're just like kind of pushing him a bit, and he's screaming. Sell, I'll sell. And they're just kind of like, hee, 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 hee. this is annoying, isn't it? Ha ha, we're annoying you. This is torture. But <laughs> so why the is, oh, oh so okay. Why does Frost need the henchman to do that? Because he's he has a suit to get around because he's like sick, right? Uh, I think he's just paranoid. Well, why why doesn't he 
do the tickle torture himself. Because um, it's not like that guy's going anywhere. He's tied up upside down. Yeah, I don't know. They could have brought him in, I guess, inside. I It doesn't make any sense. But the um, so the weird thing I thought was like, so you know how they when he's like, let me introduce my three associates. And it's like, here's Dr. So-and-so. He's a geologist. He's the best geologist. He does geology stuff. And then the chemist, and he's like, he's a, he's got a degree in chemistry, and he loves smelly gases. And he's like, my thing's the best. And he's got a fucking rat face. And then the 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 titular, the only woman bad guy is like, this is Mrs. Watt. She's electrifyingly beautiful. Oh yeah, she's electrifyingly <laughs> beautiful. Like, okay, right. But like, what does she do? Is she like a <laughs> Is she is she like an electrolysis? I don't know what that specialization is, but like everyone else is given like a profession, like geologist, chemist. Here's this. Here's that. He's a physicist. And she's just like she's I don't know. She's hot. But like with electricity, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, Aaron, they recruited at many a high school science fair. They sure did. Like. In mad she, science museums. Well, like, also like, like she's she's the only she is the actual like super villain because she has like death gauntlets that shoot electricity. Like she should they look be like. Oh, go ahead. She, okay, there's this for for example, there's a scene at the end of the movie when they go to the orphanage. She explodes the door with her electric gauntlets, which one, that's not how electricity works. And two, if that is how it works, that's terrifying. Yeah, and Zot, that wooden door sure exploded. Like, no, that's, what the fuck? <laughs> yep, because wood is, to Aaron, don't you remember science? Wood conducts electricity. Oh, of course. Well, no, it's such a, it's so resistant to electricity that if you subject enough of it, 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 it to enough of it, then it'll explode. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, you got me so far. Neil deGrasse Tyson hasn't corrected me yet. Yeah, no, Tyson will back me up on this. He'll be like, yeah, man, you'll got, you gotta, that's right with the electricity. I'm an astrophysicist, so this doesn't really make sense, but you know, sure. You know, it kind like Miss Watt kind of looks like she has like, Christmas lights, but like in like a bodysuit, but yeah, it's kind of like, like a weird bondage like leather thing. Yeah, and then <laughs> I love how like most of the villains at the end of the movie, Hulk Hogan. Wait, wait, uh, Lenny, the guy who basically like redeems forces himself him into being Santa. Yeah, um, he pours a bucket of water on her. Oh yeah, and she she's fucking blows. dead. She's dead. She's fucking dead. <laughs> she Hundred percent dead. Like the the force with which she blows up. If is, she can blow up a door and she gets pour, pour, water poured on her and electrocutes herself, she's dead. There's no goddamn way she's alive. She's dead as shit. And why would you like if that's like the big weakness to having that sort of suit? Why wouldn't you have like a way to stop that? Like I don't know, rubber or something that like stop yeah. water from <laughs> something. Like I don't know, maybe like shoes that make you always grounded, or I don't know something. Jesus, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have dashed my villain my villainess costume in gasoline before I got here. <laughs>
Oh, Jesus. Oh, the, um, oh, what was it? Oh, so when the cops are chasing him, this is a great line. Um, oh, wait, wait. So the first okay. time, uh, before we get to that line, let's explain a bit about like, so Blake wants to go shopping and the police chase him. Is that why they, and he like fires paintballs at them, right? Well, like, no, he was going paintballing cause you see the enemy team and he's like, we're, okay, whoever gets the flag first, blah de blah de blah, and then he shoots the guy in the chest and is like, "Ha ha! I already got you out because I'm a jerk with poor social skills." Um, and then they run away in the truck, and it's like, "Wait, weren't you gonna play paintball? Like you just left. You're like, we're gonna play paintball. Ha ha! Psych. We're not. We're gonna go drive instead." And then they're speeding again. Okay. The the cop car is like situated under this uh, perfect like ramp for mo- uh, motorcycles to go over. So Blake goes by and two guys that are following him because they're his buddies, I guess, on motorcycles go over that ramp. And then the cop in the car is just like, whoa, Jesus, the terrorists are coming. He actually thinks they're terrorists because <laughs> he's a crazy person. And reminder, this is what, 1996, 97? Like, Jesus, that's what well, that was barely a thing in the American consciousness back then. But regardless, um, so then they, he, he's like, Oh no, the cops let's use Blake's way. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a fucking smug asshole. Um, and he shoots like paintballs at the cop car. And that's about it. It's cause he was speeding. And then, well, cause he's in like a jacked up Humvee and he, uh, so they're like after him and well, OK, and then they go to the mall. And this is the part that I really don't get because like the Santa's village inside of the mall is closed because they can't get someone to play Santa. And they've got a bunch of people dressed as elves, but, but none of them can, yeah, none of them can be Santa. <laughs> Like it, there's literally a Santa suit backstage. Literally anybody can put that on and well, avoid this. Like, yeah. Well, the other weird thing is behind. So, you know how it's like the Santa's village thing is always like, here's a, a cabin and Santa sits in front of it. And the cabin's obviously fake. No, in this one, they furnish the cabin. The cabin inside is fully like it's a cabin. There's like tables inside and shit on the walls and all the elves are hanging out in there like that doesn't make any fucking sense and that is a cabin with a budget why does why did they have the budget in there that doesn't make any sense why don't they put it in the i don't know the sets that they use all the time like the orphanage or anything else like jesus christ so i i feel like that was just a church that they gave like a huge donation to and they're like yeah you can film there and then like they spent a bunch of money on like the crystal mine later in the movie i don't know it it seemed real set like to me i mean it was obviously fake but i mean it probably cost a bit to make yeah. And then they probably shot all of like the um fighting the employees parts and torture in like the producer's backyard. Yeah, it sure looks like a producer's backyard his his mansion like, "Hey, guess what? I know a guy. We can <laughs> hang out at his place." <laughs> Yo HH, want to come shoot those scenes uh yeah, at my right. house? P.S. We're out of got money, milk brother. Like <laughs> P.S. We're out of money, so we got to do this guerrilla style. Yeah. So the, um, then, um, oh, what is it? After he convinces Hulk Hogan to be Santa, 
and steals his wallet because he's the bad guy, I guess. Oh, let's cover this, like how Hulk Hogan should be dead. So he's hiding. Oh, from yeah, the police he should be in in like a garbage chute, you know, like one of those things that are like a laundry chute and he's hanging there and they literally are so bumbling that they don't see this giant pair of like crustacean claws. Yeah. And like, yeah. So he's like, put up, puts on the Santa suit. It tricks some cops and they're like, wait a minute. That fellow looked about like that Hulk Hogan fella. Get him. And then there's like a janitor and he's like throwing garbage down the garbage chute. And he literally picks up a porcelain, like not a porcelain, but like this giant, probably uh, like, like ceramic or hard plastic Santa. Well, I mean, a lot of times they make them like more like a lot heavier than that. It's like the size of like a desk that someone would put in like their lawn for like a holiday scene. And he manages to fit that down the chute and it hits Hulk Hogan straight in the head. And he falls like so far, like the level of concussion slash neck breaking. (laughs) Also, it doesn't make any sense because that chute just leads to floor. It doesn't lead to a dumpster. It's just the floor. Hey, garbage, go on the floor downstairs. <laughs> like, like, was that janitor? Does he just really hate Christmas? And he's like, that's fucking Santa. Get out of here. Well, like, you think that y- you think it'd be like, no, there's going to be a, a, uh, a little dumpster, a little cart so we can push it to the dumpster. Nope. Floor. Floor at the bottom. We just want it not on this floor anymore. We're just relocating trash. Makes no fucking sense. <laughs> And also he um so he lands from that the what three story fall two story fall whatever yeah after getting and, hit on the head by a giant heavy santa yeah and uh he wakes up immediately then later in the movie when he falls off the church into a garbage truck nice soft garbage he doesn't wake up for days <laughs> what, that makes no, what <laughs> what the fuck you know, Aaron, medically, if you land on cement, you're 10 times more likely to wake up. And then one of the other things is that, like, Lenny, he's not, like, at all concerned that this, like, muscle-bound person is potentially having, like, a massive concussion. He just sees, like, hey, a wallet with hundreds in it. Oh, this is that hey, millionaire this, guy. This guy's you're loaded. Santa. <laughs> you're Santa, of course. Isn't it obvious you're Santa? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, we have to mention that the soundtrack for this movie is brought to you by Two Before. Ooh, it totally fucking is. (laughs) (laughs) Through the whole movie. Whenever anything happens, like, man, I sure beat up the bad guy. (laughs) Like, it's amazing. I love the soundtrack to this movie. Are you still going to put it at the end of the episode? Yeah, probably if I have time. Oh, you totally should. Even if it has to like make the episode come out a little bit later, I think that it's definitely having like uh having the audience know exactly what Tuba Force would sound like. Tuba Force is still it it needs to happen in real life. Oh, yes. Just oh, a I ton of tubas. Da- I wrote down a line that um uh the scientist says uh dr blight or oh flint is the chemist and he's like the methane gas addicted one he's like you're going to make a great fossil to like the tv story that was the geologist the geologist said that but yeah what (laughs) 
That takes millions of years. You're not going to see that. <laughs> and when he goes upstairs to like actually be Santa, they're like, Santa, where have you been? I wrote down ka-ching. Like, is there a ka-ching sound effect? Like when someone mentions a Christmas list? Oh, yeah. So the... um. Um, oh yeah, when, like, when he's dressed, dressed as Santa before he falls, this little kid comes around the corner in, obviously, like, the back of the mall, so I don't know how that child got there, and he's just like, Santa, I thought I'd miss you, pulls out a list, ka-ching, like, why was there a ka-ching noise? I still don't know, I know the context, I have still don't have no goddamn idea why. Yeah, me neither. Oh, and I wrote down that Lenny has the ugliest victory dance in the world. Like when he finds like Hulk Hogan's wallet, he's like, yeah, oh, I found yeah. money. Touchdown. That, a- that actor is fucking awful. He's supposed to be like fun and lovable, but he's just like, he's just kind of gross and weird. <sighs> really don't like him. Um, There's a line that the cop says that is amazing. When when he first when he's like in the shoot and they're looking for him, he's like, I'm not letting this guy get away with Santa fraud like that's a thing. Aaron, it's like pretending to be a member of the military. <laughs> but yeah, with Santa military fraud, fraud, fraud. Nope. Santa fraud. You can't you can't be a mall Santa unless you're in the guild. He's a non union. He's a non union union Santa. I can't have this. <laughs> no more than one Santa can take credit for one production at a time. <laughs> yeah, like that's the, it. Uh, wait, what would it be? The Santa Guild of America, the SGA? Well, I mean, yeah, that's the SGA. Yeah. <laughs> no, the mall Santa, the MSAG, MSGA. MSAG. MSGA. Yeah, MSGA. MSG. Yep, MSG. The Mall Santa Guild. <laughs> That's great. MSG. Join the MS join the MSG. Wait. Join what? MSG, the Mall Santa Guild. Can we <laughs> The Mono the Mono Sanitum Gluta Guild of my Yeah, that's it. Uh, can we talk about the punks? Yes, we can. The ones ama- at the mall that he beats up. Ooh, yes. I love them. They're fucking amazing. So First off, one of them has like an anar. They both have flannels on over t-shirts because <laughs> of the nineties. And dare, remember dare? How yeah, it got one nobody of them, to one ever of do them drugs. Is wearing a dare shirt. The other one is wearing like a global anarchy, some like punk band shirt. Doesn't matter. But like one of them's wearing a fucking. Nobody's like, man, I'm so anti-establishment that I've got this dare t-shirt on. Un- uh, iron. I'm wearing it ironically, like. What the shit? <laughs> yeah, hipsters weren't really a thing back in 1996. Yeah, so the um they are trying to steal there's like a okay, at the, next to the mall Santa thing, this is how he le- he's get led to the orphanage in the first place. Um there's a orphanage donation thing and there's just this old woman. I think she's dead. I don't know. She's supposed to be sleeping, but she sure looks dead. Um, that's supposed to be like manning the stand and talk like, Hey, donate to us. But she's just like dead there in the mall. Whatever. No big deal. Dead old lady. Um, and there's like this, uh, big fishbowl type thing of money. And the punks are like, Hey bro, let's totally like steal all the, the money that these kids need. And he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. So they, um, 
they they put it uh the one of them puts it under their shirt like this <laughs> you know and it's the fucking, best way to hide anything it's, it's huge it's a huge bowl like it's it's the size of both of them taped together round wise like you can't just like nope no we're not stealing like you might as well just like grabbed it and walked away nonchalantly that would have worked better than just like let me put it under my shirt nobody will know what it is like that looks <laughs> it looks so much more conspicuous than you just being like walking away with it you might as well have just gone hey everybody look over there hey then- <laughs> ignore my crime i'm go you guys look all oh, look at the santa like <laughs> no one of them's like help i have broken my arm and require everyone's attention over here and Quick, not on that everyone look at me so i may heal like yeah so then hey i am diversion so then a little girl's like santa and then he's like, hold this child, Lenny. And then he goes and beats the shit out of him. And that's about it. But um, so during the fight, and I think this line, I, I, I caught this because I had to, I watched this a second time because we watched it back in December, but mm-hmm. I, I, I needed to rewatch it because one, I love this movie. And two, it's <laughs> oh, been a yeah. while. I it's think fucking I know. great. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. No. Um, so I think during- I know the line that you're talking about. It, yeah, it's like ADR from the crowd. Um, in, in when he's fighting Santa, one of the punks picks up like the plastic candy candy cane and starts like karateing with it because he's also Asian. Actually, the one with the dare shirt is a vaguely Asian. And this Plus guy that candy cane is plastic. Like yeah, and this guy in the audience is just like, watch out, he's got a candy cane. Like oh no. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a candy cane. You better watch out, Hulk Hogan. That's gonna hurt. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ. That potato salad is. <laughs> hey, that sure is good. <laughs> Just <laughs> that that candy cane is a forgery. <laughs> <laughs> that this potato salad's a forgery. Oh God, I almost forgot about that. That was it's amazing. Um. <laughs> There's something like, there's something so magnificent about long things being said from off screen. Like that sentence is far sentence is far too long to just be like, yeah, just like slap it in the background. Like if it was just like, watch out, then that would work. But if watch out, he's got a candy cane. Like you can only have it be so long before it's absurd to not see the guy that's saying it. Like, oh no, your papers. Oh no. You're, well, no, that's just a bad line delivery. You see her. I know, but, but that's what they kept. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh no, oh, I think, your papers. I think the, the line that I wrote down from that, like, where, like, because he's dressed as, like, hillbilly, like, white trash Santa with cut off arms. And they're like, oh, Santa, what are you going to do? Give us a lump of coal? How about two? And then he, like, punches. <laughs> Oh, God. All the one-liners in this are so stupid. Like, you can tell it was written by someone who's like, man, I want to be a writer for WWE or whatever, whichever was popular at the time, whatever. And it's like, well, I wrote this movie instead, and Hulk Hogan is totally going to be in it. Like, it totally feels like he wanted to be, I want to be on the writing staff for wrestling. Like, 
This is going to be my these calling great, card. Yeah, I have all these great one-liners. Like later in, in the movie when he's fighting um, the Dr. Blight or whatever, and he's like, uh, Dr. Blight's like, has this tape recorder and he's using a stethoscope as nunchucks, I guess. Whatever. It doesn't make any sense. And he's like, patient suffers from uh, splitting or hearing loss. And then he whips him in the face with the stethoscope. And then Hulk Hogan comes back and he's like, patient suffers from upset tummy and punches him in the gut and ringing <laughs> headache and hits him in the face. Like Jesus Christ. It's amazing. <laughs> The one-liners in this are so great. You know, Aaron, I've seen a few fights in my time, and let me tell you, it's very realistic. Everybody thinks out their one-liners before they deliver a blow. Yeah, and you can't, obviously, the person, if you say where, like, if you reference where where you're going to hit in your one-liner, like, they can't block that. That's just how it works. How about some fruit punch? Okay, so... Can we talk about Hulk Hogan being a super per, super human? Because well, he's we a superhuman. I I want to bring up one point about the punk fight. Oh, okay. Everybody, everybody and their mother like claps and yells about this like really oh, yeah. horrific display of violence. Like, yeah, yep. kids, that's how you solve your problems. Wouldn't oh, they be God, mortified yeah. that Santa, who's supposed to be like this peaceful, like, let's give everybody all this, like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of these two hooligans. Goddamn like, kids not being, <laughs> like, the I'm gonna teach you some respect, is- brother. Like, yeah. <laughs> he might as well, like, tear off their arms and beat them to death with them. With how... <laughs> Yeah. With how like Hulk Hogan's fans would react if they were like, oh my God, he's in a fight. Woo! But if like Amal Santa just beat the shit out of people, nobody would be like, yay! Hooray! Violence! When he leaves. Well, all the best part is when he leaves the mall, they're like spilling out after him. They're, they like can't help how excited they are about him beating the shit out of these two guys. <laughs> And he didn't like just stop them from robbing. He like grievous bot did grievous bodily harm to them. Oh yeah, they're hospitalized. They're they're, they're having a terrible day. <laughs> yes, they what? are. Yes, they, they deserve to go to prison or be punished for that. But they don't deserve to have like a shattered collarbone. No. So when um. Also, when uh, when they're doing the the scene where Hulk Hogan's like, "What do you want for Christmas, little boy or girl?" He looks so disheveled and like disappointed with his life decisions. He looks like he's being tortured. It's it's fantastic. His reaction to that, it's like, "God damn, kids!" Oh, it's pretty great. And. I also want to mention how like uh, there's an ATM that has like a biometric fingerprint, yep. and I'm Some like, prints. this is the '90s. It kind of reminded me of like the uh, "You're an asshole" part of Maximum Overdrive, oh where Stephen God. King is like, I need the, to, I need to ATM. own that movie still. Oh, I really so need to great. go get Maximum Overdrive because that but movie's amazing. I was like, why do they need to put in like cards? It's 2016, like the beginning of it, and. It was like late last year when like microchips were like first put in to protect like credit cards and stuff. Why do they yeah. feel like, well, it's the future, right? By the time that people see this, it'll last if we put like a fingerprint scanner there. Well, also the weird thing about the, the it's a thumbprint scanner and it distinguishes between the right and left thumb. 
and the computer says so. It's like, welcome, Mr. Thorne. That is your left thumb. Please place your right thumb on the scanner. Like, why would, why, if you had that technology, there's no way it could distinguish. And also, it wouldn't be your thumb. It'd probably be your index finger. It makes no fucking sense, which is why it's it really great. doesn't. Well, I guess it just means that, like, villains had to cut off all the fingers of whoever they were stealing to, like, their money of just be like, yeah, try this one. Nope. Try that one. Try that one. <laughs> yep. That, I think one of my favorite scenes is just like after like like Santa saved the day and totally didn't almost murder people. Yeah. Like it goes back to like um Miss Watt, uh the geologist and Dr. Bright just tickling the shoe store owner. Yeah, that's the and torture part where it's like like I'll sell, he's I'll just, sell. He's no well, it goes like this. It's almost like a farce where it's like, I don't think he'll sell. And then he's like, he'll sell, and then he's like, I'll sell. <laughs> yeah like, like how important is his shoe store to whatever dastardly plot I, um, you know eh. that, yep. okay you know that's it <laughs> and so then how does Santa, how does santa get to the orphanage uh when he sees the um after he beats up the punks he, he sees the orphanage sign that they were gonna steal from and he's like they need our help let's go and then they just go that's it. That that's literally it. They go there um, on Lenny's scooter, and he's like, Hulk Hogan's like, "Where's my sleigh?" And he's like, eh, "It's in the shop. Rudolph's got a thing or some bullshit." Like, obviously, he's lying to him. How does Hulk Hogan not know this? Is he that dumb? How did he become a millionaire being that dumb? Anyway, um, <laughs> Rudolph's got dysentery. What can you yeah. do? Rudolph's got a huge case of the shits. We can't rely on him. <laughs> so like, oh God, the, um, uh, oh yeah. When he comes into the, uh, when he comes to the orphanage, that's when they're stealing the statue for, oh yeah. <laughs> Who steals a statue? And how is that like terrorism to them? Like they're trying to terrorize this orphanage and the, per the people who are running it. Like, Oh no, they stole the statue out front. Oh no. Like Jesus, who gives a shit? The is, um, it, a is it a church or an orphanage or it's both? A, it's a chorphanage. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you, you know, know, I just that? figured out No, I figured out that it would there would be a much easier way for uh Frost to shut down the orphanages. I mean, not the orphanages, but the orphanage, like the reason that it's closing soon is because like all of the orphans got adopted, which doesn't happen anywhere ever. Uh, yeah. Like watch Oliver and Annie. And that's like how much people like really don't like, they're like, Meh, you're a kid. Who cares? Nah, I, you're not my, my own. You didn't come out of my balls. I don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's only you three left. Yeah, like, why didn't Frost just, like, pay people to, like... He's rich. He can pay people to adopt those orphans. The orphanage, the orphanage shuts yeah. down. He goes to the vault. He gets it. Nobody knows. Yeah, that'd he be can easier. Clearly afford, he can clearly afford, like, mentally unstable scientists. Why can't he just afford, like, a mining crew to get all of the crystals? And three kids. Yeah. Yeah, it's super easy. Also, we need to talk about his mansion that's supposed to look evil. And how they made it apparently look evil. So they just, here's what they did. They took a mansion 
It's like a gated mansion with like a big a brick fence and shit around around the exterior of it. So they put like tin can looking bullshit just on places and uh, they just shoot gas. That's it. That's what makes his, his house evil. That and uh, hedge uh, uh, bush sculptures, whatever you call them, topiary, I think is what like it. it that how was right. that? How does that make it evil? I'm not sure exactly. It makes no goddamn sense. I mean, it might as well just have a neon sign that says "Villain live here, bad guy place." Um, can we talk? <laughs> can we talk about Hulk Hogan's a superhero now? A Superman, superhuman. Well, yes. Let's talk about that after we talk about okay. Mila Kunis in her oh, yeah, first she's screen role. She's an orphan. Yep. I remember we were like, that looks a lot like a young Mila Kunis. And they're like, guess what? It is a young Mila Kunis. We're like, oh, holy shit, it is. Mm-hmm. Her career is definitely ascending, much like Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, God. And um, speaking of Razzies um, <laughs> and um, that little girl, the 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 blonde little girl, she went on to do like the voice of Ducky in like from Land Before Time in like six through I think 13 is coming out this year. 13 oh, or 14. It, it, did, it didn't do like all my favorite ones are like the later ones, like 11, 12 and 13 are where it really gets. They're good. obviously the best, like the long number 10, the long neck migration. Oh, mm-hmm. that is actually the title. I looked it up last night. I don't know. Well, and then the part where uh, JCVD plays the only dinosaur who can, you know, fight off the pterodactyls that are going to eat them all. It's yeah, and great. We, we can't forget the Time Cop episode. That one, that oh. movie's great. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> where the time police come back and it's like, Littlefoot, you got to stop. And then Littlefoot's like, y- you'll never catch me, coppers. This is pretty good. Come, w- come with me if you want to not be extinct. <laughs> Come with me if you don't like comets. <laughs> Come with me if you don't like sequels. Oh wait, never mind. Oh no. So, all right. So Hulk Hogan's a super person. He's a magical being with mega powers. Um, do you, I thought like so? Do you think he's superhuman, or is it just that he spends so much time beating the shit out of people who work for him that he just like? Well, okay. Here's I mean, the okay. Here's the evidence. He survives that massive fall, right? That would have killed the shit out of him. And then here's the reason he has super strength, which means his punches would super kill people. So the bad guys rip down that statue with like a chain attached to their truck right and then they're gonna go and yes. run over the old black dude that runs the um the old dude that runs the uh, orphanage with uh, the love interest lady whoever the fuck yeah, that is who totally has enough time to see the ice cream truck coming move out of the way because it's also, like still yeah. all the way up the block before he you know well, also he's the f- he's the fastest old man i've ever seen or that's the slowest truck because he runs in front of the truck he's like you better get out of here i don't like the things that you're doing and it doesn't i don't like it you better get out of here you you you, you so and so's and then he jumps he's like in front of the truck being like ah don't hit me but then hulk hogan just grabs the chain and holds it like to like it looks like he's playing tug of war but it's a fucking truck and he stopped it and the bad guys are like why aren't we moving and it's just him holding it like 
that there's no it's not that you can't work out enough to do that. He's a fucking he's a mutant. He's a mutant superhero Superman. Uh, oh, do, do, do his powers only work when he's wearing the Santa suit, though? Do you think? Yeah, probably. The It could be the Santa suit itself. Um, a, a, Another piece of evidence it is, is it is cut off. It is cut off at the sleeves. That's actually after he does that. But yeah, Mila Kunis actually tailors it to have a V-neck and uh and to <laughs> yeah, be sleeveless tailors, that's the word yeah she well tailors it of yeah course. she she chops it up to she gives it a v-neck and makes it sleeveless he's she's like i gave it a more continental look that's the she line tra- <laughs> she trailer parked it basically yeah essentially so the uh, okay so the other evidence for him being a superhuman is when they're going to the bad guy's place they're like uh, Lenny's like, oh no, offense! And then he, how how are we gonna go get over this smart guy? And Hogan just like picks him up with one hand and throws him over the fence. <laughs> yeah, he I just, remember he that. He tosses him. He tosses him over the fence. He's like, done. Okay. And then he just he doesn't even grab onto the fence himself. He just jumps over himself. He's like, yeah, I'm just that good. Like where it's it's just lazy screenwriting because most of the time he's like yeah i'm just a guy and then when it's like oh no we're in a pickle this is a bad thing instead of being like here's a way that he can get out of this while being like santa like it's like nope super person he can just throw a guy and jump things and stop trucks like (laughs) well another thing uh that i want to mention about frost is that like he is a millionaire why does why can he not just afford to have like a phone installed in the back of the ice cream truck rather than a live video feed on like this old shitty TV? Because uh, he that- loves because he's a bad guy, you know, that's it. <laughs> check evil layer child labor check uh, ice cream truck check live TV feed to remove me from action and physical harm yep, check. check. So what? One thing I don't understand in this movie is why do when okay so they stay the night at, they they stay at the orphanage for a while and um at night they change into these quote unquote pajamas that are like Hulk Hogan's wearing like a like a like a bible play like a christmas story uh oh what is that called like a a pageant like a christmas pageant old Hebrew looking dress thing. And then Lenny comes in in like a bunny outfit. Like, can't you just be like, (laughs) and you, the the weirdest part is you can tell they're both wearing undershirts under that. Like, why do you need the robe or the bunny suit? Just wear the undershirt and like underwear and you're good. You don't need like, and then, and then the old dude running the place just comes in and he's like, "Oh, Oh God, this is, it's amazing. He's like, sorry about the, sorry about the pajamas. It's all we got. All these costumes. He's like, good night. You look great. Like, he tells them that they look great. And I don't know why. I think that's like, I think there are a few like flourishes in this movie that kind of like, uh, are just like, wouldn't it be wacky if we had this? Like there's that line at the thing where they're like, we can't find a Santa, you know, because not anybody else can put it on except for like yeah, the one true King, like the Arthur, the Arthurian legend. Yeah. Um, but they're like, I've got a midget in a clown suit. And I'm like, what, what, oh, you yeah, that, that and line. You, 
and you we don't have a sound suit. <laughs> we don't we don't have like spare adult pajamas. I've only got this one pair of clothes because I'm a minor character, but yeah. we have this adult sized onesie with a tail. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's just it's an excuse to have a shitty sight gag. Look, the swindling doesn't... guy wears a really awful and ugly pajama. It makes no goddamn sense. And one thing I really don't understand about the logic of this movie is that they don't reveal the vault until way later. They're like, like, all the dialogue is like, I don't understand why they're after, like, trying to shut down the orphanage. Oh, could it be about that unopened vault that we know how to open in the basement? (laughs) Well, the kids are like, yeah, it's a clubhouse. We hang out there sometimes. And that's it. It's immediately dismissed. They're not like, it's a clubhouse, but there's like a vault door with this archaic uh, locking mechanism, which by the way, that locking mechanism, you know how safes have like dials and shit, or now it's like electronic. This one has like uh, fucking Mesozoic era, some like ancient ass like sundial weird locking dial thing. It it just, it looks insane and doesn't make any goddamn sense. It does not at all. And each kid like Mila Kunis and the other two orphans, they're like, Oh, I know the, the next number in this sequence. And I'm like, really? Are they like safe crackers? How convenient that they happen to have managed to figure out how to like open that safe in the base like the well, basement I guess of orphans it. are just bored does boredom make you like an expert safe cracker though well, I, I mean they got nothing else like to do they vault. just hang out down there and fuck with it for a while I guess <laughs> but they like go in there and hang out yet it's closed and unopened yep uh huh no that's it but if Frost like has all this stuff, why is he trying to shut down the orphanage? Why doesn't he just get the orphans like like force them to be like, I'll hurt this guy with the scientist with methane gas. Open the vault and I'll take all the crystals. Yeah. Okay. It yeah, doesn't make any. Sure that- yeah, no, that's it. It doesn't make any fucking sense. The um. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I wrote down a really good line. If I want your opinion, I'll have it surgically oh. removed. Yeah, I wrote that down too. That's when um. I think when Lenny's like, I'll get you this thing tomorrow or blah, 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 or some shit like that. I don't know. This is a fucking great line. There's um, a lot of great lines in this movie. Like when he's fighting um, Dr. Blight on the roof, he's just like, Santa, you slay me. Like, oh, boy. Ooh. Ooh, that's a great line. (laughs) It really is. Santa, you slay me. Jesus Christ. Slay you, Santa me. Sorry, can we go again? Slay you, Santa me. What? 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 (laughs) Sorry, I can't get it. What's my motivation here? Oh, so there's this And then Robo Santa uh, throws him off of the tower and into a garbage truck in the middle of the fight. Yeah, he like beats him up and then uh, he like steps too close to this like animatronic Santa thing that's on the bell tower where they're fighting. And it's just like, ho, ho, ho. And just pushes him off the roof. Like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So and they, there's like a conveniently placed garbage truck. He should be oh, like course. some, he should be like a cement patty at that point. Not yeah, like no, he's dead. Yeah. 
Not like, oh, cush, nice, cushiony garbage. Oh, of course. Mm, nice, squishy garbage. Nobody Good throws away hard. Th- nobody throws away hard things. <laughs> Good thing it, it was uh, it was uh, feathery pillow disposal day. Yeah. So there's this weird part in the movie with these two extras that are being scientists. Um, so the um, the little kid goes to the uh, the bad guy's lair to go and fuck with him. Like, haha, I've got a slingshot. I'm going to bother you. And then Hulk Hogan goes and gets him and is like, let's go not do this. Uh, I'm going to stop you because this is a done plan. So that's when they break in to the bad guy's lair and when he throws Lenny over the fence. Um, there's these two scientists on patrol and one of them's just like, yeah, you know, the quantum theory. And the other guy's like, yeah, yeah, I know the quantum theory. And then that's it. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that captivated me so much, but I love that little, like, it's so dumb and non, it's just like, it feels like the direction of those guys' line is just like, yeah, I don't know. Say something sciencey. You're supposed to be scientists, right? And they're just like, Can we uh, make- Quantum, quantum, <laughs> you know the quantum mechanics of a of a leaf thing. Like, yeah, I know that thing. Let's go. Like, th- that's just what they talk about while they're walking. Scientists only talk about science things. We all know this in scientific terms. Of yeah, course. of course. No, they're never like, hey man, did you see that movie? Or hey, have you heard this heard this album? It's really good. Or hey, that. Did you talk to Stacy last night? Like something's up with her. No, it's always like, you know, the quantum mechanics are behind the things. You know, like that's all they never talk about anything else ever. That's just how scientists are. I have a theory about the narrative system that influences the logic of this movie. Let's talk about it in each phase of gravitation of story and character relevance. Yeah, let's do that. Another thing that's very strange is the vault itself. Like it. It's not so the crystals. It's a cave. It's it's a cavern with a shitload of crystals of some that do some bullshit and blow up. I think energy. I saw a, a crystal yeah. skull in there somewhere. Yeah, most likely. So they apparently generate <laughs> uh, electricity or some shit, whatever. Um, well, it was from a lost kingdom, so I'm not sure. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so it they're in a cat. It the, okay. The crystals are in a cavern, right? Yes. What what good would a vault door do? Couldn't you just drill from any other side, and then you just be in there? Like you can't. Maybe that re- was his. It's, maybe that was his backup plan. Well, like it's. Uh, I guess I don't know. Like it doesn't make it's like it's a cavern. It's not like yeah, we can't drill through that. It's steel all the way around, and like or like it's uh, it's super reinforced. No, it's just rock. You could easily just, okay, we got here. Ah, It doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay, one thing I don't understand, like, the magic window part of the plot, like, what, and what exactly are the crystals? Like, what's their makeup? What do they do? Why are they so valuable? And if they are so valuable and they know how to open the vault, why did the orphans never say, hey, there might be some really valuable crystals that we can use to keep well, the orphanage open by paying like the lease or at least to buy the building or something like that. Yeah. Well, there wasn't, they didn't know how they actually didn't know how to open the, open the vault. They got the first three numbers and then Hulk Hogan just like, eh, I know the rest somehow. Because my, br- <laughs> I might've been an orphan at some point in the past. Yeah. That I still, that still makes no sense to me. Like, 
I get he was an orphan there before, and I guess I I guess that's just what orphans at that orphanage do when they're b- bored. Uh, <laughs> um, they're all like <sighs> small, like uh, really subtle criminal masterminds. Yeah, like, th- the anarchist and the dare guy probably orphans. Probably orphans. You're either yep. the best person or the worst person if you're an orphan. Yeah, those are the only other orphans in existence. Like they're like the the dropouts from the the or the orphan to millionaire club. Yeah, yeah, the, the, those are the punks. It's it's like Big Brothers, uh, Big Sisters, but like Big Millionaires, Little Orphans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, Big Millionaires, Little Orphans. I love that program. It's my favorite <laughs> it's program. So great! Look what you'll probably never have. <laughs> <laughs> If I like you enough, I might adopt you. Nah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> you get to see all these things and you can't have them. Have them. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> I live in a stable environment and you don't, fucker. <laughs> I live in a stable environment and you live in a stable. <laughs> get it? Because I said the same word twice. But one has horse poo. Ooh. Wait, so does Frost have a, like an autoimmune disease? Because he has a really odd fixation with germs. Um, and like he, he wears like that hazmat suit, right? Like maybe that's why he's like distant think, all the time. Yeah, I think he. Um, I think he's just crazy. I think it's supposed to be like a a quirk, like oh that wacky bad guy. He needs to get over this. I don't think he actually has like a crazy serious problem with him. I think he's just a a nutcase. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh. Um. So, so can we? Uh, the weapons the bad guys use. Um. When they're fighting. So you mean like the stethoscope? The they use the, a drafting square. Like a T-square drafting for like architectural dra- drafting. It isn't it supposed to be doctor related. Like, I mean, I think so. He's like supposed to be like a medical doctor because he's got like the stethoscope and he's like, patient does this, blah, 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 blah. I'm a doctor. Uh, but then he's like using a fucking a T-square. What? It doesn't make any sense. And then the uh, the chemist guy who's supposed to be like, he's just like stink gas. That's it. That's- Why does he have stink gas? And he's like, oh, no, my one weakness, the self-destruct button slash stink doesn't gas he- on my utility belt. So stink gas earlier, it's referred to as methane, right? He's like methane. It's methane. It smells so good. I love it. It's nature's perfume or whatever he says. And, um, yeah. And then, um, then later in the movie, I'm assuming that's what the stink gas is. They tie him up with the stink gas hose in him and turn it on. Would that not kill him? Yeah. He He would would die. He would suffocate. So they killed two people. More. If, yeah, if not more. 
Not to mention the cops with the rocket launcher, but we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah, and no one's arrested for like, oh, good thing we have that, Ooh, that standard. Have, why do they have a rocket and where do they get it? Anyway. Um, well, Aaron, after Tango and Cash, we all know about those experimental military grade like weapons that oh, police yeah. departments have. Yeah, they just had like every, like all those small those small police departments is just like, yeah, they gave us too much money. So we opened this secret division to make uh, assault vehicles. <laughs> I'm not going to be arrested for attempted murder. It was an accident. I swear. Yeah. Oh, so um, after Hulk Hogan gets pushed into the, um, or off the roof, um, uh, he falls into the garbage. He he uh, he he's knocked out for a few days and wakes up in his mansion. Um, and then um, his butler's like, "We found you in a Santa suit. How garish!" Or whatever dumb bullshit he says. And then he calls the orphanage because apparently he rem- remembers all that. But whatever. And um, instead of actually getting the orphanage. The it's this convoluted system of like the bad guys hijacked the phone line, right? Because you can do that legally. Yeah. Well, the way they do it is like they have like um, I think it was like jumper cables or some bullshit connected yeah, they, at, at the they orphanage up a car battery to the door. <laughs> yeah. Like at some something and like to the orphanage and then they have like the phone line in the truck plugged into something and then back at the mansion they're like they have the phone which the doctor blight has apparently manipulated the some audio that he recorded of the the lady who runs the orphanage saying like don't come back we hate you blah 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 all that shit which one how did he manipulate the audio and co- edit it together with a tape recorder? <laughs> and two, <laughs> if they had access to the phone lines at the orphanage, why do they have to patch it through all the way back to the fucking mansion? Couldn't they just be like, yeah, Dr. Blight, just go there and just plug in and then do it there. You don't have to like we don't have to waste all this time having everyone go out and connect all this and then do it here. Let's just you drive down there. Yeah. Why didn't he just have like the orphanage woman be like, hey, we'll kill you if you don't say this exactly. Or just or just stay at the orphanage and answer the phone with that message. Yeah, like I, I don't know. That's like not one of the main gripes that I have. Like the main thing, like that Abner Frost and Blake Thorne, like the old, like the old man does not seem to recognize Hulk Hogan at all. And yet, like when he's in that scene in the office, he's like, you've been here before. And yet with the orphanage shutting down, they're not like, oh, too bad. There's no millionaires that are currently too bad there's no like, millionaire orphans that used to live here. That might be willing to throw some money our way. It's like Blake had no idea. He's like, oh, yeah, I think I was an orphan at some point. Yeah. How did he forget that he was an orphan? Maybe it was during maybe his, he was- his superhero coming of age part when he became a, a, a super person with his super strength. Well, well, he is rich from Power Crisp cereal. Oh, yeah, that's what it's said. 
So how do we get back to, I wrote down the line, which one of you turkeys is responsible for this? Oh yeah. So that's when, um, that's the, uh, that's the cop at the exact same place where he, uh, pulled him over tried to pull him over before right yeah and he's like practicing being a hard-ass cop right um yeah that's a what hard that's from. ass cop a hard, hard ass, ass cop. cop i'm an ass cop and i'm super hard get it don't boners boink uh, <laughs> talking about dicks um <laughs> Welcome to the ne- newest episode of Talking About Dongs. Today we're talking about the new fanfic from someone who read um, a fanfic of Fifty Shades of Grey and wrote one called Hard Ass Cop. Uh, here we have our host um, talking about the weekly dongitude. Yeah, Welcome we're talking back. about. Yeah, this week on Talking About Dongs, we're talking about the hot hot ass cops. Um, hot ass cops is about. A cop uh, who's supposed to regulate uh, asses of sorts using his his cock, using his dong, his dong. Um, so, uh, I think the plot structure of talking about uh, of uh, of hard ass cops is a little weak, but man, are the dong scenes super dong tastic? <laughs> Wait, there's more than one? No, of course, it's a whole book. It's being published. I I got a pre-copy of it. A pretty copy? Are there ugly copies? Yeah, no, a pre-copy, like a before copy. Oh, okay. Is it a pretty copy by chance? I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's well printed, so uh, yes. What does the cover look like? It's a bunch of dongs and butts. (laughs) How does that market the title? How does it? There's a little badge on one of the butts. <laughs> Wait, that's not where you put your badge if you're a cop. It is if you're a hard ass cop. Okay, explain that in the internal logic of the story. Okay, so there's this secret division of ass cops in in the, in, in the LAPD in the future in. 42 AD, you know. Is, is this like the Danger Squad? Yeah, a little bit like the Danger Squad, but with like butts and dicks. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Even better. Yeah, so like he, uh, uh, Dwayne Masterson, uh, the our main character. You that's, think not he, very, <laughs> that's not a very porny name. Uh, yeah, I thought it'd be more, but you know, it's it's a it's a fanfic. It's not a straight up fuck porno. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it gets to the fuck porno parts later, and we'll discuss that a little bit. The um, so in hard ass cop, Dwayne Masterson's like, I sure am a good cop, but then he gets his dick blown off in a in a cock robbery, and um, wait, 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 can you can you talk a little bit more about this um, cock? What what was that called? It was a cock robbery. These people were stealing a man's penis, and then the police showed up. Uh, and he's like, hey, you can't do that. And then they just blew his dick off. <laughs> oh, you know, the coat of hammer. Obby. It happens. It happens all the time in 42 AD. If you try to steal someone else's cock, you will have yours cut off. No, 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 no. He was trying to stop the cock robbery. So he had his cut off. No, he had his blown off. They didn't oh, steal so it. They like just ro- exploded it with like <laughs> so a gun. It's like robo- so it's like RoboCop. 
Yeah, where they shoot the the rapist's dick. Yeah, a bit like that. <laughs> no, I mean like um Alex, uh, whatever his name is, the main character. He like like gets yeah. killed and like yeah, it's all a little body it's parts. a little Robocopy in the beginning. So he gets a cybernetic penis. That's where he gets, which is constantly hard because, you know, there's no blood vessels. It's just always like donging. Um, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be inconvenient or awkward in any way? I mean, not if you're promoted to ass cop, which he was <laughs> promoted. <laughs> is that like above sergeant? Yeah, he was inducted into the secret society of ass cops. Wait, it's a secret society. Yeah, like the mason, the mason, the Freemasons. Yeah, it's a bit Freemasony. So when he gets the cybernetic dong, and it's like, wow, his superior officer is like a scout for the for the ass cops, and he's like, well, with that cybernetic dong and that sharp wood of yours, you'd be great for the ass cops. And he's like, what do I got to do, boss? Let's go do. Let's be an. I'll totally be inducted in the ass cops. I thought they weren't a thing. I thought they were a myth. And he's like, nope, super totally a thing. Let's go. So they do. By the way, I'm reading verbatim from the book right in front of me. <laughs> super totally a thing. Let's go. Oh, the yeah. dialogue. The dialogue in this is impeccable, especially in the fuck scenes. Oh, how many of them are there? How many of those are there? Uh, like the rest of the book. Oh, all right. So after he's inducted, he's let me turn the page in, a bit. In, he's inducted. Yeah. So like the induction is like there's just like a robo butt, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> there's like a robo butt, and he's supposed to like, uh, cop it. He's supposed to police the robo butt, and with his dick, uh, with his with his cyber dick. So that's the induction ceremony is him fucking this robo butt with his robo dick. And um, uh, he uh, he passes that test with flying co- colors and his uh, cyber semen is like all over the room. And it's it goes. Into the vis- <laughs> yeah, it goes into the viscosity like it's real detailed about it. I don't know. It was weird. And it talks about how like his um, robot balls like like produce it. Like through like f- uh, minor nuclear fission reactors, like that's how the semen's produced. <laughs> Why do they? Need- you know what? Never mind. They go into a lot of detail on how his robotic dong goes about its bi- dong business. Well, it looks like we're almost out of time on this. So, uh, what's your final verdict on the book? Is it worth reading? And does it reach dongitude? I would give it uh, five out of six dongs. You know what? Uh-huh. Scratch that. Five out of seven dongs. You, you know you can't just keep changing the rating cycle every week. I sure can. So <laughs> it's my show. You okay. can't tell me what to do. I'm the dong master. So you better watch out. Um, <laughs> was that your your college nickname? Yeah, the dong master. And I was like, I got a dong, and I'm good with my own one. Oh, okay. All the criteria the one needs for a nickname that sticks. For mastering, yeah. Exactly. You gotta have one and be good with it. That's what makes you a master. Like oh, if, is that how that works? Yeah, if you're a karate master, you have to have a karate, and you have to be a ma- be good with your karate. That's it. That's how you become a master. Oh, I had no idea. Well, now you know. So... That's it for talking about dongs. Pick up hard ass cop. 
in uh, stores today. It's right next to the dinosaur erotica, like super fucked by that T-Rex dick, bro. And uh, it's it's also next to the the weird slime monster stuff, you know, from J- Japan stuff. That's pretty good, too. Uh, and also coming up by the same author of uh, Hard Ass Cops next year, the tentatively titled, Is That an Asteroid? Nope, It's My Butt. Yeah, Is That author. an Asteroid? Nope, It's My Butt is uh, is coming out soon. Uh, this one, I mean, Hard Ass Cop hasn't even gotten to sale. This guy works, he's working fast. So, you he's know. He's like the, the John Grisham of. Uh, of dongs. Yep, the Anne Rice of of. That sort of thing. Anyway, yeah. uh, we'll talk to you next week where we talk to Rob Schneider about his new book titled I'm a Dick. <laughs> Talking about dongs is a co production of National Public Radio. <laughs> we now return to the catastrophe section. Thank you. Okay, so let's wrap up the plot of this movie. Um, we already kind of talked about um, the Hummer terrorist thing and the rocket launcher, but one thing I don't understand is how is the cop able to get into the car that has clearly been blown apart by an RPG? By yet, a law rocket. Yep. Yeah, by a raw rocket. Law. And yet... LAW. And yet manages... Anyway. <laughs> and yet manages to like drive it to the place where Hulk Hogan is and be like, you're under arrest. Because comedy, Cameron. Don't you get <laughs> comedy? Oh, one thing I have to bring up with that cop police character. When he's chasing the when he's chasing him down, um Yeah. Um they're like throwing like his health products out the back and he's like uh, protein powder really good for this and it's like a smoke screen the cops the cop yells i was in desert storm you know i'm bad i'm a heartbreaker i'm a troublemaker that's (laughs) verbatim what he says like while he's driving at them it doesn't make any sense it's pretty great I mean, kind of like the rest of the dialogue in this movie. I'm not, you know, that surprised about it. I don't know. That um, line that line in particular is pretty great. Yeah, it really is. I'm a... <laughs> I was in Desert Storm, you know. I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. I killed all the other actors that were in line for this part because I really want to be an actor. You know, that actor was in... Uh, what is it? The Andy Griffith show. He was a, when he was a little kid. He never had any lines, but he was the kid that always offered people bites of his sandwich. I was on IMDb <laughs> a long time last night. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He was in um, oh god, a lot of recent stuff too. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. So, oh, so so they break into the um they explode they they use the electric lady to explode into the the orphanage cuz they couldn't just open the door cuz they're bad guys yeah, you know b- before they you know die before she you know gets died with like before killed with they, a bucket of water before most of them get murdered um they walk in all with um breathing apparatuses like gas masks and shit or like full suits and um, they're just spraying aerosol cans. What? 
So it's supposed to be, um, I guess it's supposed to be them sanitizing it for frost but it since they're all wearing breathing suits it looks like they're just spraying child poison like all right everybody get out <laughs> better get out or else you're gonna die uh and it just makes no fucking sense it's weird as shit so they they force the children to open the vault um or no they don't they don't force them to open the vault they just get the geology guy to drill into it and it's like hey look we got in and then, well, the uh, uh, Frost goes up to the kids and he's like, all right, kids, tell your Uncle Ebner, because that's his first name. Uh, tell your Uncle Ebner the combination of the vault. And then I'll give you uh, Christmas candy and plum pudding. And the kids are like, plum pudding, gross. And he's like, well, I tried. All right, soon him up for sl- child slavery. Let's come on, get him in the mining suits. Like, I need someone to mine. Oh, it turns so quickly. He's like, well, I tried for two seconds to be a nice person and just ask for it, but that didn't work, so I'm going to enslave him forever in my horrible mind. And what a terrible sweet to try to bribe children with. Like, do you want some butterscotch candies, little little people? Yeah, you can get a cookie and plum pudding. Oh, boy. (laughs) I know that's your favorite flavor. Of course it is. It'll give, it'll give you the shits. Well, five uh, five stars gonna give you the shits. Plum pudding. <laughs> yep, five stars. Joe's Crab Shack. Four stars gave me the shits. <laughs> yep, four stars out of seven. Four out of se- five out of seven stars gave me the shits. Uh, okay, so he goes to little girl Goyle who writes Goyle. who wrote the letter to Santa at the beginning, and he's like, "I have a confession to make. I'm not Santa." And she's yeah. like, "I know you're not Santa. You're, you're better." better. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wait, what was that last part? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was. Never mind. I heard it. You're welcome. I didn't, I don't remember saying thank you. Well, you're welcome anyway. Oh, all right. And then uh, all the while over the closing credits and even during the final fight scene be- between Frost and him, it like the music just goes. Yeah, the best music. Oh my god. <laughs> it's almost as good as Smash Mouth. Oh Jesus. Bridget pushing down on me. Pushing down on you. Anyway, oh my god, re- I love that. Anything else, Aaron, or shall we render our verdicts I th- on... I, th- uh, I, th- I think that does it for Santa with Muscles. All right, uh, well, let's render our verdicts. Does it belong in the catastrophe section? Hell yes. <laughs> Fuck yes, it does. It's oh, so good, bad. It's... It's so good. The, there's... So, a lot of the things we watch are really bad, but none of them are so glaringly low budget. 
yeah. Like everything that like it feels like half the okay, so half the shots are shot like during broad daylight. It seems because they couldn't afford lights. Like that's how cheap the movie seems. It's amazing. Mm. I think literally <laughs> 80% of the budget went to Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, oh, this is so it's so obvious that none of it went to like uh, rewriting the script or writing a script. Any production value at all. Like when he's when, OK, so, for example, when he's going through the um, through the mall, like the back parts of the mall and it's just like dry, like drywall that's like painted white. Like that could have been like a like tighter enclosed area or something that just like felt anything like everything just feels so, so empty. Like it's I don't know. It's just ugh. it's so low budget. I love it. Yeah. So I'm going to have to say it belongs there. hundred um, percent. So before we move on, we have to mention that there is something a little poetic about this movie i would say so in fact let, which brings us to our regular uh sub segment welcome to the poetry corner hello this is the poetry corner you see today on the poetry corner we're going to discuss the poetic, the poetic license of Fer, fernando fitzgerald the third he okay, so a bit of history on Fernando. He was he was a poet back in the 14th century. In uh, he was in the world. Uh, he traveled the world and walked about. He read his poems to a bunch of people. And um, I read you a poem from uh, from those times written by him. It goes. Um, Boys, my feet hurt. It feels like they must burst. I'd be walking forever and fuck this shit. Goddamn <laughs> church. I don't like it. So you see, he's very, he's a very, he was a very subversive writer. He, um, he's very weirdly modern type of sentiment while he writes his poems. And some of them aren't even poems. They seem more like thought. But, uh, he was a, he was a poet lost in time, I fear. Um, what, what do you feel about Fernando Fitzgerald? I feel like it's a staple on modern poetic culture. Yes. That's all. Oh, okay. His influence is wide and far, and, uh, I have a new, uh, uh, short, short form, uh, book coming out. It's a bit shorter, and it's, it's a bio, biopic, uh, it's like an epic poem, about Fernando Fitzgerald and his travels. And would, you like to read an ec- would you like to read an excerpt from that after you announce the title and release date? Of course I would. So the, uh, it's called Fernando Fitzgerald, uh, uh, Journey Through Jerusalem. Um, and it's, it's, uh, he doesn't ever go to Jerusalem. I just like alliteration. Um, it releases, it releases mid-March. I don't know the exact date. So, here's a, here's a little part of the booth. Here we go. 
Fernando walked through the streets. Fernando walked through the alleys. Fernando talked to the people, but no one would listen. He rose up his pen and wrote down a poem, a poem which would not go down in history, for sometimes they just did not stick, and that's the way that goes. That's, that's my excerpt. Sorry, I'm just... I think you really summed up the importance of Fitzgerald in that. I, I believe I did. Thank you for your uh, kind words. Now I hear, talking about releases, I hear you have a book yourself. Um, uh, would you like to tell us the title and uh, I'll, I did, uh, re- I'll, I'll, you'll read us uh, one of your parents. Actually, I'd be honored if you would tell them the title. Uh, you should have a pre-release copy. Um, oh, did a you? A pretty... Your release copy on your desk right there. Oh, yeah. I heard you were fighting with your producer about which title. And this is just yes, a finalized um, one. Okay. Um. <clears throat> How many times have you been approached by a homeless man? And other stories. Yes. And poems. <laughs> yeah, there's a few stories. And poems. Yes, it's always a good mix if you have... I feel like having a book be like a variety show is a good idea. Mm, I have some musical numbers, like drawings of me doing them in there too. Because I don't yeah, want to like be like... Yeah, like choreography and the yeah, dance be, steps. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I have some... I'm doing some jazz squares. You know, I don't want to be like creatively nailed down. Like you're kind of like the poetry guy and that works great for you. But I want to be like... You know, versatile. I don't want to be like, oh, that's... You don't want to be pigeonholed into poetry. Yes, exactly. Can, can you say that again? I want, to, I want to write that down. You don't want to be pigeonholed into poetry. Ah, uh, yes. In fact, you should write a poem about that. I think I'll do so right now and make it up on the spot. Oh, poetry okay. re- may be a wonderful profession. But it is not all that life is good for. Pigeons know this well, but they all—they often get stuck. Hmm, that's it. Another beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I hear you have... Uh, I'd actually, instead of a poem, I'd like you to read this recipe here. It's, uh, it says it's a, it's a recipe for Dardanelles Jr. Now, I don't know what Dardanelles Jr. is. Could you tell me what it is? Yes, uh, Dardanelles Jr. is the name of one of the pet cats that I had when I was a child that was eaten by, um, a kangaroo. Ah! And I called him, uh... Carnot Jr. because um, Carnot was the name of a bigger cat that I used to watch on TV who I thought was real, but turns out wasn't. So here it goes. One, kangaroo. Mm-hmm. Two, and a, two and a half cups. Defenseless, right. defenseless kitten in terror. One, Sad child wishing that the cat was still alive. Three people who don't care. One 
toilet with which cat is flushed down. $500 to fix because I didn't know cats couldn't be flushed down the toilet. Equals sign. Can't cats just be equal to kangaroos? One legal case that it would take for cats to be taken as seriously as kangaroos in court. Despite there being a kangaroo court, there's a misnomer. Three, misunderstandings between cats and kangaroos that have happened this year and led to fatalities. Five, dollars that you could donate to my, to my kitten kangaroo equality fund today at kitten kangaroo court for sport.com. Thank you. Mm. That dedicated to Cardi- dedicated to Cardinal Jr. That certainly moved me. Mm. Are, you sure be- didn- Are you sure it didn't bowel move you? I'm going to work on that later, but that has nothing to do with poetry <laughs> or your mo- your readings. Or your ministration. So, that's it for the Perry Corner. We're running there on time with the Perry Corner. So, we're going to go ahead and say goodbye for the week. And we're going to talk more about Perry next week. Next week, we have a special guest. We're going to have uh, Steve Jackson of Steve Jackson's part and on the show. And we're also going to have uh, Sylvester Stallone on the show. Hey, uh, that's gonna be me. Yeah, that's yeah, an excerpt you know, from the law. You know, you gotta, you gotta read poetry when you have the the law. That's that's the next 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 episode. Goodbye and have a wonderful poetry poetic life from the poetry corner. Announcing the new poetry initiative fund, getting low income children in welfare and in the orphanage system to read poetry, even if they don't have food, they can enjoy the art and getting free copies of Orange, Fuck You, I Don't Have to Rhyme with Orange, available in stores now. Poetry, keeping poverty the same, but enlightenment increased. Brought to you by the Poetry Foundation of America. Poetry Corner is a co-production of National Public Radio. It's me because I have big news Rodney. We now return to the catastrophe section. Wah. Okay, so there's really not a whole lot of counterpoints. Like the no. movie only has three rotten review like reviews that are all like they don't have any content on Rotten Tomatoes. Um but I don't have a word on the budget, but Aaron, how much did this movie make in the Excuse me, at the box office in the fir- in its first two weeks of release. Two weeks. Um, I'm gonna guess uh, ten mil. Well, and it's in its two weeks before it was removed. Oh yeah, total. Um, uh, th- two mil or eighty thousand, something like that. It made oh those are quite just like uh, different. It made two hundred twenty thousand one hundred and ninety eight dollars in theaters. I don't wow. know how much it made on. I don't know how much it made on VHS. Hopefully nothing. Um, so it made one hundred and twenty thousand dollars nine hundred thirty two dollars in its opening weekend. Um, how many theaters was it released in? Let me just see. Like two. <laughs> I'm sure it might have been a um it was released in 
98 theaters. I mean, that that is pathetic. It, it really is. Um, okay, so I've got I found some critic reviews on the. Uh, uh, let's see. So film critic Emmanuel Levy gave the film a score of two out of five. Um, oh, Joe Layden in Variety described Santa with muscles as a weakling of a comedy and thought that Hogan's performance was lacking the charisma of his previous works, such as Suburban Commando. Ooh. Uh, Layden panned the direction in particular, stating working from an in- irredeemably bland screenplay, John Merlowski directs with all the enthusiasm of someone going through the motions to pay off a debt. <laughs> uh, Chris Hicks working for the Deseret News, uh, Utah shout out, even though oh, we're in Botswana, New Mexico stated that films such as Santa's with muscles make films like jingle all the way look better and said that Arnold, uh, Hulk Hogan makes Arnold Schwarzenegger look like Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> I can certainly agree with that. He is terrible in this movie. Yes. Uh, so there is a legacy thing here on Wikipedia. Not sure how much I believe it. So reception for Santa with muscles since it came out has continued to be negative. And it is currently on IMDb's bottom 100, which is one of the ways we found it. Aaron, what is its n- position on the bottom 100? On oh, It's 86, isn't it? It's 69. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> like when people put their genitals in each other's mouths. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, yep. It was also listed as 43 uh 43 30 43rd out of 50 worst children's mo- films by Total Film and was included in Virgin Media's list of worst Christmas movies. Um it was ooh, it was also included on Atlantic City Weekly's list of ho- worst holiday films, ranking third behind Santa Claus Conquers the Martians and the Star Wars Holiday Special. Due to Hogan's a starring role. Uh, the film has been featured on the website WrestleCrap, um, which acts as a hall of shame for the worst Im- gimmicks and storylines in pro wrestling his- history. When yeah. Golden Globe nominee Mila Kunis, who made her film debut in it, was asked about the film in a GQ art, um, interview in 2011, she said, I was too young to fully understand the importance of working with Hulk Hogan. I just thought he was this huge man while comparing the film to American Psycho 2, in which she co-starred with William Shatner. <laughs> yep, and then, oh, interestingly, oh. Uh, Don Stark, who played Lenny, also played her dad named Bob in That 70s Show. Really? Huh. Yeah, so it's kind is of... Is that reunion. who that is? Yeah. Oh, strange. All right. Yep. Um, ooh, and let's see. What else has this producer done? The producer, ooh, he stopped producing things in 1997. He probably oh, Cameron, went bankrupt. I, I also read something on there that was like, um, it was executive produced by, oh God, someone crazy. Anyway, continue. Doesn't matter. Oh, I also wrote down in my notes that there was a um, second, second ADs. Like there were second ADs for the movie and there were second, second ADs. So after the... Um, other ADs, they decided that they needed second, second ADs rather than just saying third ADs. Yeah, I don't could it, I, I don't that doesn't make any fucking sense. Maybe pay wise, so they get paid the same. I don't know. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Might just be like a glamour title or something. I don't know. Probably. Um, so uh Bill Shuster, the producer of this, also produced such things as uh Can It Be Love, Ballistic, Blood Money, Assault on Dome 4. 
Prey what? of the Jaguar, uh, Santa with Muscles, The Elevator, and Firestorm, which are Those... mostly TV movies and don't look good at all. But there is one on here that also is Hulk Hogan called The Secret Agent Club. What the shit? Uh, it's also directed by John Merlowski. And on Wikipedia, it says that, oh, it also came out in 1996. Um, Ooh. The film is about a secret spy who steals a laser gun and pretends that it is a toy, but gets in deep trouble when the people find out who he stole the gun from. Um, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the plot reads as follows. Ray Chase, an agent so secret, even his son doesn't know when he brings home a high powered laser gun. He stole the theft victim sends her henchman to capture Ray and get the gun back. But Ray's son escapes with the gun and then devises a plan to rescue his dad. Wow. We have to watch this. That sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. That sounds a bit like a mix between this and Spy Next Door. Yes, it does. But only probably a little like better bad. Wow, this yeah. company didn't didn't go bankrupt until 2010. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it looks like they mostly did uh, television movies and miniseries. So I guess, I don't know. Maybe they've, hopefully we can find the Secret Agent Club starring Hulk Hogan. Yeah, hopefully. I hope so. Hulk Hogan movies are pretty fucking good. Oh, yeah. And uh, the writers have really not written anything else. Jonathan Bond has only written that he was the water slide attendant in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, Fred Mata, um, he's a casting assistant. He, his, he was an actor. Oh, in the elevator, which was another one of Bill Shuster's things. And he was a writer on Santa with muscles and John Merlowski. Um, I haven't really heard of any of his like credits at all. He hasn't, he's, he wrote this story, the story for this movie called black Cadillac. Um, this movie coming out next year called replicate. Ooh, he's got a couple of really interesting re- directing credits. Uh, 1989's return of the family man, the secret agent club, Santa with muscles, technical error, cop dog. Uh, uh hold on cop dog freeway killer. Uh, <laughs> let's pull up cop dog. Yeah. It's a cop dog. It, the, the thing literally shows a, like a dog with a paw holding up like a, a badge. Oh, yep. all right. Okay. And it's free. To, it's free to watch on Amazon Prime. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, zombie Hamlet. Oh, God. Crimes of the mind, deadly pursuit and a date to die for. All of those titles are incredible in their own way. Mm, I wonder how many focus groups they went through for that. Cop dog. Dog cop. cop, cop dog. Do- no, cop dog's better than dog cop. Cop dog. That's true. Because um, it sounds a bit so, like top dog. Yeah. Anything else we want to bring up about uh, Santa with muscles or things nope. like that, Aaron? Nope. There was no it. Metacrit. Yeah, there was no Metacritic page that I could find to find like really interesting reviews of it. So let's Strange. move on into our final right. segment. Um, what's on our radar this week, Aaron? What's on your radar this week? I have uh, I've been listening to the uh, the Hamilton the musical CD, and holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it's hip. It's hip hop, and I've heard a I've heard a bit of it. Yeah, well, like 
I'm not, I don't like rap like at all. Like it's not my thing at all. And this is incredible. It's, it's so for those of you who don't know, it's a, it's a Broadway musical, but it's like rap hip hop thing. Um, but it's about Alexander Hamilton, uh, the founding father, dude, what did federalism and stuff. Um, it's, it's, it's in, like fucking great. It's, it's, it's a bit like a, it, it's not even like a Broadway musical, like song structure wise. It feels more like a concept album than a musical to me anyway. Like if, uh, I know I talk about Ariana a lot because they're great or he's great. Cause it's only one dude, um, who writes it all. It's a bit like, um, how he writes music where it's like, um, one continuous storyline with a bunch of scenes and alert in a row and stuff like that. But like it's sung, it's kind of the same thing as that, but more succinct and less proggy and weird, but I like proggy and weird. So that's good, but it's seriously fantastic. So that also, um, I bought all of C lab 2021 and watched all that. And that show is pretty fucking great, especially the bizarro episode. Um, season three and season four are wars. Oh, excuse me. Because the guy who played Captain Murphy died mid season. And he was like the fucking heart of the show. So it was still good after that. Just not as, um, and that's by the guys who did Archer. So check out Hamilton, the musical and C lab 2021. Oh, actually C lab 2021. I should explain a little bit more. They took this old Hannah Barbera cartoon called C lab 2020 and they just edited it. Uh, with uh, a bunch of like uh, and they wrote like scripts uh, for it and they just dubbed over it and edited it so it was new storylines and shit it's really dumb I like it that's it okay um, quite a bit on my radar this uh, um, first uh, Netflix is making a murderer I know everyone's talking about it but it's really good. I still think the guy did it. I just think that like the um the level of corruption, like that the police totally planted evidence to like make this guy look more guilty than he already was. I think he could have been convicted without them having to plant the evidence though cuz it's kind of clear that the guy did it. I mean, based on like the evidence that I've seen. But granted, I'm not an expert on it, nor am I a lawyer or a forensic expert, but you should totally watch it. It's a really good if you really enjoyed serial or the Jenks, the life and deaths of Robert Durst on HBO this year. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Um, also, I want to plug the big short, which Aaron and I went and saw that oh, movie yeah. is really good. It really communicates like the, com- the really complex thing about like bundling mortgages together in like an interesting way. The movie's a bit broy at times, but I think that that's like a lampooning of it. Um, of the, I think of it's, the culture of wall street. Yeah. 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 Um, but Steve Carell and, uh, Christian Bale are great in it. Um, I also want to plug the revenant Trumbo also. What Trumbo? Oh, Trumbo. Yes. Trumbo's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Don't need, you don't need the final speech at all because they literally, yeah, you literally summed up like, thanks for recapping the events of the movie speech. 
Yeah, like we didn't you didn't you don't need to watch the last half. You could just watch the speech at the end. Yeah, my friends died for this and I'm like, "Really? I didn't see that in the 2 hours that preceded this. Where's this coming from?" Yeah, anyway. Um, but uh the Oscar noms also came out. Um I've seen like I didn't know, but I didn't know, but I'd already I've actually already seen all nine of the best picture noms. So kudos oh. to Mad Max Fury Road for getting a best act, a best picture nom, a best director nom, Hell yeah, and sweeping the technical awards. It's just really good to see George Miller get some love, and also to see Brian Cranston get a um a nom for Trumbo. Uh, to see Brie yeah, Larson even get nominated noms, for her noms. for her work in Room. Uh. Jennifer Lawrence for her work in Joy, even though that movie's kind of iffy, and yeah. Matt Damon for The Martian, because I'm glad that they could appreciate the dramatic heft with all the, um, like the humor that that movie is, and mainly that uh, Straight Outta Compton, Spotlight, Inside Out, and Ex Machina got Best Original Screenplay noms. Big Short got Adapted Screenplay nom. Brooklyn did, and so did The Martian and Room. So. Check out the Oscar things. Um, That's a, like all of the, like none of the movies that got like, a, like normally there's a couple like super pretentious movies, but none of them this year really are. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no like by the sea that got nominated or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah. There's no like the, the heart of Elizabeth Dick swallow or, you know, like there's not like a, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that has to be the title of like a Dostoyevsky esque like oh, of course um, horror movie. She wanted Elizabeth Dick Swallow. Dick Swallow. Yeah, but you know what I mean. There's none of. It, there's not like a. <laughs> here's a biopic of this obscure um, uh, Romanian uh, painter from from 1340s. Like you've that, done it, Pollock. Yeah. There's. <laughs> You're off the case, Pollock. <laughs> yep. I'm a painter and a cop. A painter cop. Dog cop. Um, cop dog. Um, yeah, it just, it seems more, all the noms just seem really approachable instead of like, oh, they went with all the artsy, shitty movies. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying those yeah. are, those are bad. Uh, just like, I think there's a, uh, a, better there it's just more approachable movies this time i don't know yeah because usually it's like the artist and i haven't seen the artist but it seems like hollywood like always votes for hollywood like it it i'm i'm glad that like from what i hear the danish girl isn't that good but it still got acting noms so like that's yeah. an actor movie so i'm glad that something like that didn't get not that it's not important to have like uh character who's tr like a trans identified character be the main main character but like having Eddie Redmayne who won for like uh playing like Oscar bait <laughs> like last year getting nom like nominated again you know like it's such an Oscar-y movie I'm really glad that it didn't get a best picture nom yeah but it deserves like the the acting thing you know what I mean yeah it just, uh, it just, this year just seems really different from the, from the other years. Yeah. It's, it seems like a pro like a problem that the Academy should have where it's hard to choose like which one to give the, uh, like the award to, like there is no clear 
Yeah. Well, also, ha- the fact that um, Fury Road has so many on there and it's like a dumb it's a dumb action movie but it's just done so well that mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like it, that would never get anywhere uh, before and it could just be to the fact that that movie is fucking incredible cuz it is but like but like over the last couple of years it, it it would be like we don't put that filth on the academy you know yeah Cause usually those kind of movies, like, um, let's say, cause I really love the matrix. That movie got like technical nominations, even though it's like a really great story. And it used to be like genre movies like that. If they really got it, like ex machina, like that has at least got like a best original screenplay. Usually genre things are completely outside of yeah. like the realms of any non-technical or story wise. And anima- yeah, normally like, it's like nomination. Yeah. Here's a historical drama about this or like, here's this, uh, it's, they're always like dramas about super serious subjects. And that's not a bad thing. Just like, that's just what got Oscars before. And now it's just like, yeah, it's a dumb movie about cars, even though there's no gasoline in the future. Let's go. Like, <laughs> I don't understand it. Zero stars. Zero Thanks, stars. Patton. Thanks, Patton. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's, it's cool. I, I like, I like it. It's a good year for Oscars. And then mm-hmm. the rat, the Razzies dropped, but we'll be doing a separate thing on that because that's, that's our, totally our speed. Yes, which we will be doing right after this. So, um, Aaron, do you remember what we're going to be reviewing next time? Uh, Unfortunately, I do. And um, it involves a person who's um, unfortunately not fighting mummies anymore. (laughs) Boris Karloff. (laughs) Yeah, Boris Karloff in Furry Vengeance. (laughs) We're doing Brendan Fraser's, well, it's not his, but Furry Vengeance. Oh, it's going to be great. It's, it's, it's essentially, it's, um, hey, this guy's building a bunch of houses, but the animals don't like that, so they're going to go and stop him. That's it. I mean, That's it's the movie. Not a, you mean it's not about a bunch of people dressed in animal things that think that their sexual identity shouldn't be, like, a joke? Well, I mean, I sexually identify as a jet fighter, so, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not like that other movie, Mad Max Furry Road. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) I've already made that joke. I still think that the studio needs to hear um, about my two pitches. Um, Louise, which is, you know, just a shot for shot remake of Louis. But with with Louise Guzman. Guzman. Yes. (laughs) Louise, 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 Louise. I think they should do that because I love Louis Guzman. He's usually like the best part of any movie he does. Because he does a bunch of bad movies and he's still funny. And I think it would be cool to do like a Chupacabra movie where like someone in like a mariachi like band is bitten by like the Chupacabra and becomes <gasps> it. So where Chupacabra? It. Yeah. Well, it's that is a Murder- great idea. Murderachi uh, Night of the <laughs> Chupacabra. That is a fantastic idea. So, uh, played get by those Mel Gibson. Going. Oh, With Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Why Just Mel Gibson? Because he's a crazy person and it'd be fun to watch him go crazy. Nicholas Cage. I was thinking, well, uh, or we could actually go with like, I don't know, a Mexican a actor. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, or Latino, so, any. Any specific So John, John Leguizamo. Um, what's the name of the guy from End of Watch? Really quickly. I don't know. I should know it. He played... Um, I mean, Danny Trejo would be an obvious one, but I don't know. Oh, but he would be... So- <laughs> no, he'll he'll play the Chupacabra. It'll be like the Wolfman where there's oh, like... Oh, the, yeah, he'll be yeah. the transformation. Or no, he'll be the original... <laughs> oh, no, he'll be the original where Chupacabra who coaches him. Yeah. <laughs> and but dies at the end pretty. to fuel the third act. So it could be uh, Michael Pena or Antonio Banderas. Oh, Antonio Banderas being under the wing of Danny Trejo would be amazing. And then we can get uh, Mel Rodriguez or um, he. Have you seen um, Last Man on Earth? No, not yet. Oh well, he's like a like a heavier set like a Latino guy with a mustache, and I want him to be like the like ball busting boss of like the main character, and he's like, you don't know how to play mariachi at all. <laughs> You're not earning enough money. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, hopefully, Murderachi Night of the Chupacabra. Yeah, I love that idea. Yeah, um, and Louis get. Um, why don't we just get Louis Guzman to like, yeah, no, that would work too. Yeah. Louis. And like the first season, he's like balancing doing stand up and comedy writing while also being in Murderachi. That would be great. Anyway. So, uh, next time furry vengeance. Oh boy. Anyway, outro. Um, Santa's got buses. Santa's got a sleigh. Santa slays me. Got a grenade. Throw it in our way. Santa, Santa, Santa. Orphan two millionaire. Orphan Santa Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, brother. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania. Racist comment. Hulk Hogan erased from the record, brother. You know that's yeah. Randy Savage. Doctor's note. Never let me drive. Thank you.